Hey everyone, Sean and Dave here from the Saturday Morning Cartoons Podcast. We cannot start this episode. We can absolutely not start this episode without thanking the following people who went to our Patreon.com and support the show. So thank you. Bill Dixon. Fangirly. Jack Connolly. Alice Kazanis. Derek Haynes. Melanie Harker. Dr. Jason Woods. Allison Keen. Battle Mat Fitness. Westbourne East Bread. John Richard Helter II. Dave Trumbor III. Damn it, again. And the one and only Sean Paul Ellis. Hey, listeners out there, if you want to get on this list of super cool people, we'd love it if you'd head on over to patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, that's morning with a U to see how you can support the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you ringside with colorful commentary, I'll be your announcer, Sean Paul Ellis. And seated next to me this evening, and bringing all of the king-sized carnage, we have wrestler-turned-commentator, Tony Lazzaroni. Tony, how's it going? <laughs> you puny human. What do you think you're bringing to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sean, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Thank you for thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me. Always a good time. Absolutely. No, we are very excited. This is the last episode that we have for Listener Appreciation Month, Woo-hoo! and we we are closing this out with a bang, Tony. So I am pumped. Yeah. And today's suggestion comes from cody on instagram our buddy cody he asked us the question does celebrity deathmatch meet the qualifications for saturday morning cartoons no recommended episode that show was so crazy any episode y'all would choose would be nuts they all seem to have pretty decent scores on imdb cody guess what friend it does meet the qualification for saturday morning absolutely this is animation (laughs) it's claymation is a form of animation so that absolutely qualifies 100%. So we have dug into Celebrity Deathmatch tonight. Man, what a crazy show. I want to start this out, Tony, by sort of asking, this was at a really interesting and particular time. MTV in the late 90s, it felt like it was king. Like This was the prime sweet spot that I remember for MTV. Still had a lot of music videos. They were also beginning to kind of dabble a lot with, uh, you know, different reality television series that they had. We had Road where, Rules. Road Rules, Real World, all that stuff started to take over, kind of went nuts. They they exactly. uh, tried out, uh, you know, uh, when did the Teen Mom thing come out? Uh, uh, you know, 16 and Pregnant or whatever it was. I mean, Tony, teen, Tony, Teen Moms have been around forever. Let's I, <laughs> yes, that, that much I am aware of, but... <laughs> Well, you mean when did we start capitalizing and taking advantage of them and putting them on reality television shows? Yes, yes. When did that happen? I think that was early two thousands. Okay, I think which that is, was that which overlaps. This was uh, yeah. ninety eight. Uh, this one started and, and bridged over, and then had had a revival too, which we'll I'm sure we're going to bring up a little later on. Um, and then had an almost third revival after that, which we'll get a chance to talk about. Which oof. was bananas for this show to have that type of longevity. Yeah. Given the fact that really this this is a, a lawyer nightmare. Yeah. This show. 
They this is this is just a lawsuit, uh walking lawsuit waiting to happen. That's what this entire show is. I, I loved in, in one of the episodes that, that you had recommended that we watched for tonight, I, I love that there was a moment where they make a terrible comment and then they just show a lawyer in his office with a disclaimer and the then the lawyer has a noose that is hung in front of him and he is just staring at it the entire time. I, I thought, wow, this this is very lighting. Dark. Very, dark. very dark. I'm on board with it. Very, very surprisingly dark. Uh, but I, I wanted to ask, uh, what was late 90s? This was also not just MTV, mm-hmm. but I want to say societally, this was a point in time when I feel like wrestling had been very popular for the 80s and the early 90s, but we had a lot of really specific characters that were coming into the wrestling ring at this point that have sort of set up dynasties right that have kind of set up these these crazy legacies that we have rock stone cold steve austin degeneration x what what was your relationship around this time with wrestling so at the time i was kind of so i, I was divorced for wrestling from wrestling for a good long while i was one of those you know hulkamaniacs when i was when it, like early 90s so yeah I was, I, was, I was a big fan then and then i kind of grew out of it but then my junior or senior year of, of high school uh, I was in an economics class uh, <laughs> and I wound up doing a project that I, th- this was when WCW and WWF were merging together. Right. To form WWE. Uh, but the, were, they were basically absorbing it in. And it was interesting to me because it was, it was actually a financial merger of two big businesses. But then there was this storyline that had to be, that had to have some continuity to go along with that. And so right. that they would play out effectively some of the you know boardroom antics but they would play it out on uh, on on the, the world stage of this televised you know live show in some cases uh and so i got back into it in i think about 2001 so uh you know i was aware of of those characters because they they would market the hell out of stone cold steve austin <laughs> and, and all those uh but i i really got back into it right around that time with of that uh of that merger uh, and the other thing that was interesting about the show, I did a little research, of course, because, you know, why the <laughs> hell not? Uh, and most of the really the only people that got to represent themselves on this show, other than okay. Mills Lane, uh, were wrestlers. So whenever right. when whenever there's a wrestler on the show, it is the actual like actor, wrestler, whatever you want to call them. The, it's the performer playing themselves. But any other character that's on here, save for a couple small examples. Uh, are usually uh, other artists pretending to do the voice of whatever right. character. So, uh, so very seldom did people get to play themselves. Other than wrestlers, all got to do it. I just love the fact that you got into this show because of mergers and acquisitions. <laughs> I've never had I've never had anybody say I got back into wrestling, you know, for the legal ramifications of what they were doing. <laughs> But it's exactly what happened. Yeah, I th- no, I, that's cool. I will say on some subconscious level, I think it was probably, that was my justification for doing something that I sort of probably wanted to yeah, do yeah. anyways. But <laughs> I like that. that's truly what got me into it. Now, I've never actually been to one of the live events or anything like that. I have friends that are huge fans that will like they they uh <laughs> I, i've had at least one invitation this year for wrestlemania like you want to come oh. watch, watch wrestlemania at my place i'm like when is that they were like okay you don't want to come <laughs> you don't you don't know that <laughs> <laughs> i got snobbed out of wrestlemania oh but... <laughs> man i i have i have kind of a weird i, I feel like i have a long-standing relationship with wrestling mm-hmm. because 
as as a kid in the early '90s, I watched a lot of Say by the Bell. Yeah, with character AC Slater, who was, you know, pretty pretty buff, pretty pretty good with the ladies. Yeah, and I was I was transitioning into middle school at this point, and I hit that weird ugly duck phase where I got braces and uh, glasses within about a eight month period. Nice. And then jumped into sixth grade and, and thought to myself, oh, no, what's going on here? So watching that on Saved by the Bell, I thought, I want to wrestle. And we had a wrestling team for seventh and eighth graders. So I joined and promptly got my ass kicked for two solid years. But still, still enjoyed it. And it, yeah. was, it, it, was, it was interesting. And I, it, was, it was the first time that I said to myself, this is a sporting event that I want to participate. Like I, I will willingly and knowingly do this mm. every day and get into it. So I, I, I did have fun with it. And then I stopped in the eighth grade and it became something where uh, a friend of mine in high school, like you were kind of saying, like during that whole point when there was the murder and acquisition phase and yeah. all of these really colorful characters were coming on to uh, WWF and, and uh, WCW and the, and the merger was happening, he had one of those cable boxes in his basement that he could get free pay-per-view all the time. Or yeah. his, his dad, I guess, was paying for free pay-per-view. And so we would always go over, and he would just put on whatever SummerSlam or a wrestling event was on during that time, and we'd just watch it. And it became yeah. like a cool thing. And, and all the catchphrases from wrestling during that time permeated into sort of the high school zeitgeist that we had right. so people people would walk around and they'd make the x and you go suck it and so that that became a regular reoccurring thing and if, if you didn't have that knowledge you felt left out yeah. of what was going on plus it was super kind of fun to to see sort of these as you mentioned like performers and athletes just kind of do these crazy things like i used to love watching undertaker the undertaker versus mick foley match uh, the cage match that they did. I, I, I kept thinking and watching at points, this this can't be scripted. Like, yeah. he is really jumping off the top of this cage. He could really injure himself and die. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it was just, it was bonkers to me. And I I liked every moment of it. And then it was weird because, like, right before I graduated, there was just, like, a switch that just, like, immediately turned back off. And I just, I've lived my life for X amount of years with really not watching any wrestling whatsoever. Yeah. And it's it's easy to to drift away from, but it's it's funny how many people I know that have gotten into it at some point in time in their life, ironically, and then wind <laughs> up being legitimate fans after not too long and just being like, fuck the world. This is, you know, this is the thing that I'm into now. This is this yeah. is my life. Uh I, I am a wrestling fan. <laughs> I I, I want to say that I believe that wrestling is something that in some cases is sh it's like anything else in life, mm -hmm. it's shared. It's better if it's shared with somebody that you know. Right. And I think that like you, you and me, if we had somebody that was in our friend group that was a WrestleManiac that wanted to really get into it, that was like a super fan, we would probably become one by association. Or like yeah. I would, I don't think you'd have to twist my arm far to be like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll definitely come and, and watch well, WrestleMania with you. We've come close because we've been to Super Art Fight, which is something that happens oh, around the DC area there that uh <laughs> that friend of the show Alex Kazanis is is yes. uh, current champion. Does he does he still hold the, the crown? Or he, he... he just lost it. Oh, oh. he just lost Two it. Two drink Alex goes down. Yeah. If anybody's not familiar with it, uh Super Art Fight is a art battle that they have that's in the DC and Baltimore area where you will pit 
it's sort of like a wrestling match where you will pit either a one-on-one or a tag team match. You have a giant canvas and you get a prompt and you continue to draw on the canvas and then they measure it by crowd uh, participation and applause at the end. It's awesome. And it has the pageantry of an actual wrestling match, like yes. down to the point where yes, these yes, people, yes. not only do they create costumes, but they will do full out cosplay. Like some of yeah. the guys will build uh, these like crazy built out costumes and mechanical arms. And uh, it's it's so impressive. And it's something that they do on, on a regular basis. They also occasionally do tour with it. So it is something right. that may come to a city near you. So if you see something about Super Hard Fight, Go check it out. It's a it's a ton of fun. We're not actually sponsored by them in any way, shape, or form. This is just a little tangent because it's like wrestling. <laughs> but guess what? Speaking of sponsors and wrestling and being greased up, we have a sponsor this month, Tony. Oh, yeah. Who's that? Yeah, it's a sexy sponsor. And to learn a little bit more about it, we are going to toss this over to our good buddy Bobby Anthem to learn more about this month's sponsor. Bobby, what's going on? Hey, SMC listeners. Bobby Anthem here to tell you about our first sponsorship with Spunk Lube. Yeah, that's right, Spunk Lube. Look, we know you're listening to a podcast about cartoons, but let's be honest, you're not a kid anymore. So when you've got adult things going on, reach for Spunk Lube. Our SMC listeners have a chance to get lucky and win a free sample of Spunk Lube. But right now, everybody can get some of this special offer. Go to spunkloop.com and use the offer code SMC at checkout to get 10% off any order. That's spunkloop.com and use the code SMC for 10% off your order. Now, on with the show. Always the best to hear from Bobby. Thank you, friend. Appreciate oh, yeah. everything you're doing. I, I, I wish my voice was half as deep as that, guys. I... <laughs> It is something that I think about every day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So if you are not familiar with Celebrity Deathmatch that we're talking about tonight, let me me give you a little bit of history. Let's let's get into this a little bit. So Celebrity Deathmatch started out on MTV's Cartoon Sushi, which is the spiritual successor of Liquid Television. Two television pilots were broadcast on MTV on January 1st and 25th of 1998. The series proper premiered on May 14th of 1998 and ended for the first time October 20th, 2002, airing for a total of 75 episodes. Deathmatch 98, which premiered on January 25th of 1998, which was after uh, Super Bowl 32, it was a part of MTV's Super Bowl 32 halftime special. Uh, Just three months later, Celebrity Deathmatch had entered into MTV's main lineup. The show was popular enough that show creator Eric Fogel was named to be one of the most creative people in the TV industry by Entertainment Weekly. During the next four seasons, Celebrity Deathmatch became more popular in other countries and gained viewers from all over the world. But four seasons and 75 episodes later in 2002, MTV decided to cancel the show. Early in 2003, a film based on the series was announced by MTV to be in production, but the project was then canceled later that year. During the same year, in 2003, they also released a video game for PlayStation, PS2, Xbox, and Windows uh, on October 14th of 2003 that was created by Gotham Games. Oh, yeah. I never, I never played that. I want to go find out and see what that looks like. Uh, I, I got to mess around with it on, um, what was it? Somebody, somebody's PlayStation 2 at one point in time. And it's, okay. it's, it's a missable event. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of what my thought was. Yeah. New episodes of the show, which began production in 2005, were produced by Cup of Coffee Studios, 
As opposed to MTV's now defunct animation department, the show featured an all-new voice cast and a new look. Johnny, Nick, and Mills Lane returned, albeit with new voices. Mills Lane, who was played by himself originally, was then played by Chris Edgerly due to the real-life Mills Lane, who suffered a stroke in 2002. During the 2006 season, fans were able to vote on MTV2.com for future matches by choosing one of three matches or by sending in write-in requests. However, due to the cancellation of the second part of the show, these matches would never come to fruition. In April 2015, just a couple years ago, MTV2 announced a reboot for the show on their Twitter account. Later that year, on November 2nd, 2016, Eric Fogel confirmed via Twitter that production of the reboot had been stopped for unknown reasons and the pilot would not be going forward. Sadness. So that bring I know that brings us to current day 2018 where I guarantee that this show will probably be rebooted in 2020 at some point. At some point in time. And it's yeah. it's it it is I mean, I would especially think with all the political crap, like it's ripe for it, you know. Yeah. That you could easily bring this show back and have, you know, the SmackDown fight that everyone wants to see uh, portrayed <laughs> exactly. portrayed there. And just be, you know, have to deal with as many litigious issues as you did with the original. <laughs> I mean, th- this show is so is so perfect for satire and parody. And, and I, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's it's weird. It, it's bizarre. It, it, it's it's super violent. We should mention yeah. this is this is a super violent show. It is it uh, is the, the most animated blood I've I've seen in a, a good long while. Uh, oh and 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 it's because it's it's claymation blood. It's like you know chunks. Everything is chunks. <laughs> Every everything looks like Gallagher smashing a watermelon, which will be which relevant is, for yes, our discussion tonight. Very much so. Yes. <laughs> Ugh, <laughs> yikes. But if, you, if you're not familiar with sort of what this show is about, what the point of the show, Tony, can you break it down for us? I can indeed. Celebrity Deathmatch is an American stop-motion animated series created by Eric, Eric Fogel. Not to be, con- uh, to be uh, misconstrued with Jared Fogel. That's something completely different. Oh, yikes. Uh, and that was, that was for MTV. Uh, a parody of sports entertainment programs, Celebrity Deathmatch depicts various celebrities engaging in highly stylized professional wrestling matches. Highly, highly stylized. That is very generous. (laughs) (laughs) The series is known for its large amount of bloody violence, including combatants employing different abilities and weapons to deliver particularly brutal attacks, resulting in exaggerated physical injuries. Oh, and we are we are going to close out our discussion tonight with one of these particularly brutal attacks that is including different abilities, which was so so unbelievably gross and unnecessary, but I, I feel like that's something that you could only get with Celebrity, celebrity Deathmatch. Death match. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Man. All right. As <laughs> always, let's jump into Celebrity Deathmatch, and let's, let's begin, of course, with our theme song. Tony, as our guest, what were your thoughts and feelings about the, the theme song or the lack thereof? It no, it's not. A, it does have. It has theme music, not necessarily a theme song, uh, okay. because the, it's it's it very much gets like professional wrestling. The theme is the two hosts. That that is the recurring piece. That there's always a lead in with like graphics coming up on the on the screen, uh, and then this really heavy get like metal guitar riff that's just going on <laughs> constantly underneath. And it's one of those riffs that I hadn't thought about it in years. But as soon as I heard it re- reviewing this show earlier this week, like. I was like, oh, fuck, I remember how much I love that. And that tied me into uh, the movie Dodgeball, 
oh, where, okay. they, where they have the the and they really set that one up because they have kind of the two same voice characters uh, uh, of the two announcers for, for the dodgeball <laughs> matches. And the music in that was actually done by Tom Morello from uh, from Rage Against the Machine. He did the one for, for Dodgeball. And it just oh, really? I, and, it, and it made me want to go try and dig up. I haven't had a chance to uh, to go see if I can figure out who did the riff for, for this one. It's probably not Morello because it doesn't sound it doesn't sound like him, but it's I'm sure it's somebody. But either way, it's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the Nick Diamond character. And uh, then, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's very much they, they, they follow that uh, that arc of having the the uh, color commentary man and the, you know, play by play. And it's it's excellent uh, um, how they put that together. And it really. Yeah, it's not a theme song, but you instantly know Celebrity Deathmatch as soon as you hear the first like 20 seconds of it. <laughs> that that as you mentioned, that guitar riff that they're like. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Exactly. Yeah. I I love the fact that this show has to open up with such a long disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at th- at this point, we had been receiving sort of disclaimers, you know, for for years from from shows like South Park, and you know, saying and things exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah, disclaimers at the top. You know, saying that the the names are 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 used fictitiously which yeah. is crazy to me because that still means that you're using actual names of real people who exist you're just yep. using them in a fictitious manner uh and they have to actually state uh, that it does not reflect the view or opinion of any actual person portrayed which again it's still kind of slanderous yeah <laughs> for a part but the the language here is great and then it finishes out this disclaimer by saying anyway it's just clay yeah, <laughs> it's Which, not real. Yeah, it's just clay. You get that. You get that really kind of chunky '80s guitar like riff that comes in with the with the cloud with the with the crowd cheering in the background. So the yeah, and then the guitar, and then you get right into the action. Because I I, I will say, in these rare instances where we don't have an actual traditional theme song. This show wants to drop you right into the action anyway. They don't right. they don't want to dance around. There there are enough theatrics in this show already that it almost does the the program a disservice to have more theatrics and build up. You just want to get into the fight. You just right. want to get to the the meat of this show which is bonkers. Yeah. But and you know for the, as much as I would I would say or probably slam most cartoons for not giving us a an introduction or a roll call into the characters mm-hmm. As you were saying, Johnny Gomez comes right in and does an intro, you know, yeah. or you get, get you diamond. Get an intro that's that's on on par with any podcast or anything like that. I mean, the way that you guys start the podcast show here, like there's there's a little bit of theme music and then straight into y'all introducing the show, and and right. that's, you get the same thing from Celebrity Deathmatch. So it's it's an effective theme. It is a customized theme in that regard. That that yeah. every theme, you know, every entry theme is unique for that given episode, which you don't typically get from cartoons. Usually, you get you know, a clip assembly of random stuff that has nothing to do with the episode or random things that they shoehorn into episodes later and looks oh. terrible and, uh, you know, or possibly even produce four different episodes. Out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so, very, very rarely do you get that like dedicated animation. Right. And great theme song that does all these things that I am so critical of every week, mm-hmm. such as a, a roll call, uh, whether it's it's a visual introduction of those characters or actually saying the characters' names, 
Right. Uh, you know, having that dedicated animation, having an actual catchy earworm theme song. This is all stuff that's going to be in my thesis statement when I getting her when I finally get around to applying to Cartoon College, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure is an annex of San Francisco City College. Yes, that's a that's a callback from about a hundred episodes ago. <laughs> yes, and on top of that, we both have T-shirts for uh, San Francisco City College because uh, uh, because I found them online and got you one. <laughs> I was... wore mine. I wore mine yesterday. <laughs> mine is. I think mine is sitting in the thing behind me. Oh yeah, there's my uh, San Francisco City College Perfect. T-shirt. <laughs> the best, or rather, City College of San Francisco is the uh, is the real one, but. Yeah, we're we're close enough with it. It's it's, <laughs> it's the there. same school. It's yeah. the school. Any any final thoughts, Tony, about the theme song? Uh or our I, introduction. I'm I'm a fan of this theme. I, I think it's it's succinct and they use it uh in a Seinfeldian manner that it that it, it, <laughs> it comes in and out throughout every single like when you go to break, when you come back from break, there's always the, the theme bits that go along with it. Uh, they they when they're doing the close out of the show it fades in I mean it's 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 a it's an effective theme that is that is uh, um, uh, aptly used throughout right. the throughout the series they they definitely got their money's worth for that that particular guitar riff <laughs> coming yeah. in and out <laughs> oh yeah I I want that riff like I, yeah I, I, I'm not gonna lie I have my collection of guitars over here and I'm thinking about da 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 like I just go figure that one out just so I yeah I have that's something that I would do like warming up for a show or something like that <laughs> nice just to see that one person in the crowd that's just like wait am I here to watch Celebrity Deathmatch live what's going on <laughs> if you can if you can make if you can recreate that riff Tony I want it to I want to turn it into your ringtone when you call me oh that can be done that that can be very very easily accomplished perfect that's all i want so good so we're putting our lack of theme song but still also quality introduction to get mm-hmm. right into the action for this show we're putting that in the undertaker's coffin right now and we're we're pushing it out of the arena which brings us now to our second title to our second bout that we have let's fight with this animation how are you how are you feeling about this animation for celebrity deathmatch tony so it actually it got better as the as the show progressed like um the so we we watched we wound up watching three episodes from from this show two two that were the official choices and one that i threw in kind of last minute and <laughs> it actually progresses across all three in the first episode it's very crude claymation it's it's uh, the characters don't have perfectly defined features they kind of get battered around a little bit like a nose will change angles or something like that <laughs> randomly it's 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 pretty it's pretty slapdash it's just kind of, it's not um you know uh i always put it up against like wallace and gromit or um something like a like a um uh uh, uh what's the the biblical one um the moral the dog oral and the boy. moral oral the one the one that that was based on too what was the original um davy and goliath davy and goliath that's what it was yeah so and those were based on Davy and Goliath, uh, and bringing those episodes. So, it, from animation style based on those, it started out far cruder. But it actually got to by the t- time we watched the second episode, their hair had smoothed out. They had more defined facial features. Uh, I think just the resolution of the cameras they were using had gotten better, <laughs> and the distribution had gotten better. So it was just clearer imagery. Um, and then by the time they got to the third season, like um, I don't know if you noticed this in that third episode, but like. Um, the two characters, their hair color changed, and yeah. uh, all of a sudden, uh, Johnny Gomez had like hair lines, like he actually like strips of hair that were kind of like, 
and so it got more and more defined as the as this as the series progressed they didn't just lock into something and stick with that and never go any place better with it uh so for, from an animation standpoint it got better uh it's still done extremely campy i think to the point that they can play up that it's just clay from the disclaimer right. that they can get away with doing that kind of stuff but what do you think i i really enjoy claymation and, and i i think it's very fun and endearing to watch some of these older episodes that we had mm-hmm. and and see just how crude and 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 weird they're put together There's moments of this show that kind of always remind me of those California Raisin commercials. Yeah. Uh, But if California Raisins were super violent and murdering people, which I don't know that that's good for selling raisins. (laughs) I vaguely remember, I think they were on an episode of Celebrity Deathmatch and they did, in fact, violently murder somebody. It makes Uh, perfect sense that they would be on there. I love it. (laughs) Probably versus like the Jolly Green Giant. So yeah. it, it, it's it's interesting to see that little bit of jank that you had mentioned in sort of some of the stop motion, like the the different angles of a nose or sometimes eyes would go a little bit wonky, like yep. to one side and they'd get a little derpy, which was kind of funny. I don't know why I enjoyed it so much. I think that because it's claymation, I'm not saying that I'm giving it a pass in any way, shape or form. But the fact that the the energy of this show is so frantic and there's so much that's going on. It's not like they hover on a lot of these things right. for an extended period of time that we sometimes see with 2D animation. This really reminded me of an SNES video game that came out in the mid-90s that was called Clay Fighters. And oh. it, it had sort of that same stop-motion quality. This was still back when I was getting Nintendo Power in the early, oh, the early 90s. And, I was a Nintendo yeah, Power and, subscriber, yep. Yep. And so, uh, you know, seeing seeing something like this again immediately brought up uh, memories and ideas of that. And when you were saying that it, it it progressed in terms of those those continual tweaks and improvements throughout the the multiple cancellations of the show, what really kind of always defined this show for me was the fact that the back of the characters that you would see often yeah. that they had kind of look like weird balloon knots sometimes, like right behind, like the between their shoulder blades, their base of their neck. Where they'd pinched them together to like exactly to, to complete the clay, yeah. And I don't know why, but that I always thought that that was really kind of funny and silly. Yeah. I mean, you could see that they had like stretch marks because they're clay and they're they're trying to move them and prop them in certain ways to, to punch and, you know, brutally murder somebody that's right. in there. But it, it was it was interesting enough that some of the stuff, as it got better... I felt that it lost some of that original quality that I enjoyed from watching the jank and sort of the balloon knot shoulder blades and, and everything prior. I mean, I, even when you were saying about like the, the different styles of hair that we saw, yeah. like, I mean, they get, cr- it gets creepily better yeah. in that like third reboot se- or that, that later season that we saw to the point where I was like, Oh, why does Nick diamond have breasts? And why am I uncomfortable watching this now? Suddenly, <laughs> But but the final my final thought that I had on animation for it was that I loved the fact in one of the episodes that we talked about and we watched for this evening actually bridged that divide as we've been talking about with 2D and sort of 3D clay animation because yeah. we actually had two characters that came on that were at this time MTV properties that for some reason I don't even think that they were voiced by Oh Mike no, they Judge were or... they were Mike Judge. Were they, they were really? Mike Judge. Yeah, I, okay, I looked, cool. Because I, 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 I went through. I was actually very curious about who all the the voice actors were to see who. Okay, who good. We knew uh, there was only 
two voice actors that I saw in there that I was familiar with. One was Chris Edgerly that we mentioned earlier, who yeah. took over for Mills Lane, and and uh, Nick Diamond. Uh, he voiced Peter Potamus on uh, on uh, one of my favorite cartoon shows ever, uh, um, uh, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Harvey Birdman, yeah. Uh, hey, Vince, you get that thing I sent you? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you get that thing I sent you? Did you get that thing that I that sent, I sent sh- to yeah. you? <laughs> uh, I, so, you know, it, it's good to see that we have this it's crazy to think that we have this moment where we're bridging the divide between 2D and claymation and then having these MTV-owned properties of being Beavis and Butthead on this show, voiced by Mike Judge, then becoming claymation versions of themselves. And I thought that was kind of fun. And to see the fact that we have claymation characters that are actually interacting with the 2D characters, such as when Mills Lane actually slaps Beavis and Butthead yeah. And they respond accordingly. That to me, I was like, that seems really cool. I was pumped about that. And they picked up the pencil. Um they, they right. had the, the the pencil uh uh weapons like in, in the initial like that they pick up it's a two D character holding onto a three D object. Uh yeah. and so it was it's it's very it's it's not overly tricky. It obviously can be done, but it's right. it's it's a decent amount of, of effort put into that to making that work. Uh, and so I, I thought it was I thought it was impressive. I, I I was trying to figure out how they did it, and in my mind, what they probably did was they probably had like little, you know, the the equivalent of like the green screen guy. The yeah, one like with, little uh, stand-in characters. Little stand, and then they they just animated. He just drew over the top of it to create the character, so that right. he, they would all match up. Uh, but it was impressive in so much as the actual movements of the of the animated characters of the the 2D characters matched what it would have been on the show Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Uh so uh so it felt it felt everything matched up. Yeah. No, I agree. It was it was a really cool and interesting thing to see and it's definitely why I picked this episode. Yeah. I mean, you think of all of the MTV properties that were coming to fruition that we've even talked about tonight, Rolled Rules, mm-hmm. um you know, all these different reality television shows 16 that they, pregnant <laughs> 16, again i don't think that, that was a i don't think they're gonna put them in celebrity deathmatch to fight and b i don't think that that oh, was bullshit. on television yet they would they would put them in they would have they would have one of them have the baby and then they would use the baby as a weapon in the fight that's okay that, you know what i can i can almost guarantee you I, i'm actually i'm actually gonna agree with you on that i'm giving them <laughs> i'm giving them way too much credit in terms of how they would actually act and behave in this you're 100 percent right they, they would, would not be that respectful uh, they have they, they have the disclaimer to, pre- to protect them from all the insanity <laughs> <laughs> that airtight legal disclaimer i mean come on guys it's just clay <laughs> yikes i don't think that that's a legal defense that should be ever used by any lawyer <laughs> Uh, but that I, this is kind of I mean it, it's it's fun to see this and I love the fact that for this 2D to, th- uh, to claymation I don't think that watching some of the early episodes I didn't have a crazy expectation that they would do something as complicated or as intricate as that transition from Beavis and Butthead on a 2D cell drawn animation into the claymation realm so to mm-hmm. actually see when that transition happens I was I was really super pumped I was like oh that's that's above and beyond what I had expected this show to actually right. accomplish from a technical feat. Right. So, yeah. But, you know, we've, we've been talking a lot about a couple of these characters that are on here. And we have a couple. I mean, every every episode has a lot of, uh, has at least two to three different uh, fights or bouts that we have. Uh, but we have a lot of reoccurring characters. And we've talked about a couple being, you know, Nick Diamond and Johnny Gomez. We have 
two other reoccurring characters. Well, actually, maybe three to four other reoccurring characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should talk about, obviously, that we have uh, the high priest of whoop-ass, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Is um, that actually a name for, for him? <laughs> yeah, they actually, that's, I, on, on the first episode that we watched tonight, that's actually how they introduce him, is the high, the high priest, priest of whoop-ass. Whoop ass. All right. <laughs> uh, and then we have, we have a, a whole kind of cadre of different uh, female interviewers that we have that mm-hmm. changes over time from season to season. And so it's, it's sort of interesting out of all these characters. Did you, did you have a favorite Tony? Uh, Mills Lane, uh, hands down Mills yeah. Lane. Mills Lane is uh, so Mills Lane is voiced by the actual Mills Lane yes. in the, in the initial handful of episodes, as John mentioned up until his stroke. Um, and Mills Lane's an interesting guy. He actually was a, uh, a professional boxing, uh, right. Uh, uh, referee for a number of years. Uh, and and I mean he 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 lives in that uh, in that um, spectrum for me of of well known officiates uh, for sport like right up there next to Ed Guns Hockley uh, from who just retired from the <laughs> NFL as as an NFL right. uh, referee you know and it's somebody who is a character in their own right um, not just from this show I knew who he was before watching this show as like you know oh, okay. a junior high kid i'd, I'd seen a, a couple boxing matches and i was i was aware of of who mills lane was and so i was it, when they actually had him i had never heard his voice before so i thought it was some somebody doing like a cartoon variation on his voice only to discover later it's actually his voice um but then you dive into this guy uh he was a he was a district court judge in uh nevada for two terms Really? Uh, yeah, he he's he's actually a very accomplished person in his own in his own right, and I say I say that actively because as a as of us recording this, Mills Lane is is in his eighties. He is still alive, uh, despite the stroke. So good good on him. Um, yeah. But uh, but no, he he's by far my my favorite character, mostly because he is. They use him in so many ways. Like I don't know if I don't know that if we're if that uh, meets our legal or our uh, uh, rule standards, they'll say lines like that, and Mills like I'll allow it. Like just the, him saying I'll allow it is is one of my favorite. Just kind of like let this progress. Yes, yeah. that's the yes and right there. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I I love the Mills Lane character. I think he's the best. And and having gone to to school in Pittsburgh, I was towards the very end of the career for Myron Cope, mm-hmm. who was a Pittsburgh sports announcer during that time. And I had watched a, a lot of, you know, boxing and stuff like that uh, when, I was, when I was a kid. Uh, it was a big thing that my dad was always into, so I was always watching it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to see somebody like Mills Lane, you know, actually participating in doing this as, as himself and Stone Cold Steve Austin as himself was like this weird confluence of all of these things of, of 90s wrestling that I was into and boxing and fighting that I was uh, a big fan of. And, and so I, I think it's really cool that they, they, they had the ability to kind of pull in some of that talent. And like you said, those lines of like, you know, let's get it on or like, yeah. I'll allow it. Like yeah. that, that to me, that was so, that was so awesome to see him kick off fights like that. It's that, sad, that was, it's sad to me that, that your audience doesn't get to actually see us having this this conversation because they wouldn't <laughs> see us both doing like the um, trying to get the the semi driver to honk the horn like fist pump motion uh, for every single one of these lines because we I just realized we both did that like completely subconsciously. I almost don't think you could do it. I don't think you could say it without making. Let's get out of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. So. uh we have our two main announcers, Nick Diamond and Johnny Gomez, that mm-hmm. we we have talked about. And I 
Did you have a favorite out of these two? Or I'll even throw Stone Cold into the mix. Out of the out of these three. Um, I mean, they they all serve a very unique purpose. Uh, because it's it's really it it really they they follow the exact uh rubric of of how actual sports announcers are done. There's usually somebody who is the um who is the the play by play person. That's right. the Johnny Gomez character. Johnny Gomez. Then they have somebody who's a color commentary person who's just there to throw in the the uh, the like little animated line to go along with it. The you know I think John Madden's still my favorite one of all time just because his stuff was just so zen perfect for for <laughs> football. It's like see what this this guy wants to tackle this guy like oh yeah. really that 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 never occurred to oh, me. Oh thanks a lot Captain Obvious and and they they play that up to effect with Nick Diamond that he just gets right. the dumbest lines in in so many cases he's the one who's just kind of absent-minded and he brings his kid on on uh, a few episodes yeah it's just, that's right uh and and so uh and then stone cold is there to be the authority on the subject like right. you know you have you have the two guys that are that are there just to kind of say what they think about it and then you've got the guy who knows this world and right. and can provide a uh, very detailed uh insight as to you know that's the recent player that's the uh um, troy aikman in, in the in, in the spot who's able to to kind of speak from that level yeah, he's the subject matter expert on yeah. wrestling during that time, and and I I think you I think your breakdown is is spot on. I I like Nick Diamond for his excitable stupidity. Yeah, he's and, yeah and, he he dives deep into yeah that, that's it's a good character. I will say though, honestly, I don't think this show works without Johnny Gomez. Yeah, I don't think it does either. I think I you think have you can change to change out the others, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 that straight man mentality, like where you have to in order to set up some of the chaos. You have to have a grounded person like Johnny Gomez, you know, to actually begin to to set up and, and provide that structure, that scaffolding for the rest of the show. Because then once it's established that he is the professional, you know, he can delegate out crazy tasks to Nick Diamond like we saw tonight about like go down to hell, like go down to hell and resurrect dead boy bands that have been <laughs> killed on other episodes and put that together. And so it, it, it's and, and you can let Nick Diamond's character become that that weird individual as we mentioned in later episodes he has breasts yeah i mean i don't I, we didn't watch an actual episode where they explain and they talk about it it was in the the episode like the uh one of the newer episodes that we we had watched for for this evening but he, he's talking about the fact that like we're new and improved and we're bigger and better and like he's continually trying to show off more uncomfortable clay cleavage I don't know. I could have done without that, but at the same time, <laughs> he's he's the wild card. He is yeah. the he is the true wild card in this. And so, I know that you're saying it can't really happen without Johnny Gomez. I actually think that sort of this trifecta that they have mm-hmm. for all these reasons, wild card, the straight man to set up everything, and then the subject matter expert, they really they're like a weird celebrity deathmatch holy trinity that yeah. sort of makes the whole show happen. Mm-hmm. And they, they they are a light touch on Stone Cold. He's not around constantly. Uh, one of the episodes we right. watched, he even serves more as the the ringside commentator. Yeah, uh, uh, which the, was this, not which was not great. Not great. Uh, but uh, normally that that falls to at least for the first couple seasons. Stacy Cornbread. They kill off her character during the course <laughs> of the series and replace her with uh, Debbie Matinopoulos, playing right. played by Debbie Matinopoulos, who is actually a. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember what sports she's done, but she but she's actually an announcer and is in the sports uh, commentary world. 
and then wind up replacing her after the comeback with uh, this Tally Wong character that they just pull out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and then, um, have even Marv Albert for, uh, for a couple of the, right. the so pilot episodes. I wanted to bring, yeah, I wanted to bring that up. Marv Albert was for the, those first two, the January 1st and then the, the Super Bowl 32, he was the, the announcer that they had. And it, it's weird because they will, the first episode had a fight in it that was between Charles Manson and Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Where Marilyn Manson rips out the entire skull and like spinal system uh, and skeletal system of, uh, of Charles Manson with uh, like a, a finishing move that he calls like the Tunisian uh, like skull ripper or a death. Move. It, it, it was one of those things where I was like, wait, does everybody get like their own mortal Kombat style finishing move for this? Yeah. But it, it's, it's bonkers to say the least. And so when they reference and have flashbacks for some of those, those moments, you always will see Marv Albert's character right. in there. If you're not familiar with Marv Albert, uh, he is not a great individual. Sportscaster for a lot of year, terrible person in terms of sexual assault uh, allegations that were that were brought against him. Just yeah. pretty much the worst. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I, I think that the only the only other time the only thing I will give him is in the movie Trainwreck. Uh, I he, that he's not he an actual Trainwreck. Uh yeah, it was he's he's hysterical. He is kind of a train wreck because that that whole uh, um uh, uh intervention scene with uh, oh, Marv right. Albert and uh um and Matthew Broderick. So that's yeah, it, but that's that that's the only thing I can think of for Marv Albert that is super positive in the last few years. Uh, and so and he's not even voiced by himself for this. This is somebody else doing a Marv Albert right. impression for it. Uh, and, and semi half that half asked one at that. It's a it's a yikes. But <laughs> anything anything else you can think about characters? I know we keep talking about some of the plots for for some of these episodes. I want to make sure that we get into this so that we can talk about some of these fights because they're they are crazy. they're good about continuity uh, yeah. of, of character uh, to the point where one of the episodes we watched was uh, was the fight between uh, Oprah and Ro- and Rosie O'Donnell, and then one of the later episodes after they come back after the the hiatus. Um, their super fan gets a gift and the gift is Rosie O'Donnell's head. Uh, it's like severed head. Yep. <laughs> and, and so they're, they, they have some continuity to go along with that and they will bring some characters back. There's, uh, at least a couple characters I think that get multiple matches that, yeah. uh, that people try and knock them off, but like nobody can beat them, uh, over and over again. Uh, and so, uh, so those are, those are impressive, uh, um, uh, that they, that they kept that continuity throughout. Uh, but other than that, no, no, no other characters that really stand out as uh, as amazing to me. I think the the the, the celebrity uh, matches, which we're going to get into in a second, they right. all have they all have a certain amount of consistency as far as insanity uh, <laughs> of, of the characters and kind of divorcing from reality. They'll use some 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 topical jokes, but otherwise, yeah, a lot a lot of it was was stereotypes, bad celebrity tropes, yeah, and then things that may have been in in the news and the media within maybe the last couple months that were were hinting at like when we talk about Liam and uh, Noel Gallagher, like all of it is just them being British and drinking, and yeah. that that's that's it. That and I mean, that's literally one another, which is and, which is all yeah. that most people knew about them. Which was the only topical thing that they could really pull from. So it's it's interesting. For tonight, we watched season one, episode two, Where is Stallone? Which is a question I ask myself every day. Uh, followed by season three, episode 25, which is Fandemonium 3, which, hey, is Listener Appreciation Month. 
we're obviously going to do Fandemonium. We've done our own fan casts, which we probably should now just start calling Fandemoniums, which I'm 100% interested <laughs> to see if that's not a copyrighted word so we can, we can take that back and make that something that's ours. So we talked about Fandemonium, uh, and then we watched uh, Season 5, Episode 1, just to kind of see some of the the difference in terms of the animation as Tony and I have been talking about. Mm-hmm. And so I want to bring up and note that uh, for, for the Where is Stallone episode, we had Oprah versus Rosie O'Donnell, Liam versus Noel Gallagher, and then we had Stallone versus Schwarzenegger. For the episode that we had for Fandemonium, we had Beavis versus Butthead, and then we had an interstitial followed by Backstreet Boys versus Sync, which mm-hmm. is what we're going to close out tonight's episode chatting about. Mm-hmm. And then for ep- or season five, episode one, we had Tony Hawk versus Bam Mangera. And then I don't really even know how this episode ended. It would just seem like it was everybody versus Don Vito. Yeah. Which, and that's, that's something that's interesting is that you mentioned, you know, you're mentioning the first episode and it was like, there was not a single one of those matches that was not somehow interrupted by somebody else coming into it. And that, that's something that they have as a consistent theme, which is very much pulled from the professional wrestling world of, right. You know the big match between two people, and they can't leave it alone. Somebody's got to come running into the into the match, and you know, uh, um, interrupt it or toss something into the ring or something like that. Uh, so for for you know Rosie and and uh, uh, um, for Rosie O'Donnell and Oprah, they've got Jerry Springer <laughs> comes flying in, uh, and uh, um, and for um, what were the other ones for? Um, for the Gallagher brothers or yeah, for, for Stallone and Schwarzenegger? For the Gallagher brothers, fucking Gallagher comes running out. Gallagher, the, yeah. the, the uh, Hammer comic, uh, <laughs> just puts an end to it for, for no reason. I feel like that was the writers just being like, we don't know who would win in a fight. How about neither of them? Yeah. <laughs> and even for Stallone and uh, and for Schwarzenegger, they have Stallone's uh, um, uh, stunt guy is the one that shows up in the ring at, at the start of it. So right. every single one of them had somebody else that ends up in the ring uh, at some point in time related to it. Um, and that's something that they use a lot. They, uh, you mentioned Don Vito for the, for the Bam Margera episode. Right. Uh, they play that, that one up uh, voiced by John DiMaggio. That was the other, uh, that's voice what I thought yeah. that I recognized. <laughs> and he's basically doing like Bender speaking gibberish. Like yep. <laughs> it's exactly what Don Vito sounds like on that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, you know, to, to A, again, as we've mentioned, the only real voice cast that we have that's in here is Mills Lane and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Other than that, everybody else is, is just, you know, bad impressions, with right. the exception of Mike Judge doing Beavis and Butthead in this. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is bad, bad, terrible impressions from notable from some notable voice actors, but then also probably people that they were had that were around in the studio that they were like, hey, how good of a Rosie O'Donnell impression can you do right now? They're like, probably pretty terrible. They're like, perfect. Bring, mic them up, mic them up, get them yeah. in the booth. I feel like they did pull a lot of people in from like whoever was in the hallway because the the, the uh, voice cast or the cast for this when I read through it for only 75, however, however many episodes, it's 315 different voice actors. And Jesus. that's even with some playing multiple characters throughout yeah. the, of the series. Um, uh, all the way down to uh the guy who who founded the Onion, um Scott Dickers, who I actually <laughs> saw a talk with recently and got to meet, voiced Jerry Seinfeld for an episode. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like it's amazing, and he is not Jerry. Like the guy's personality, everything doesn't match up to that. So they're they're all just uh, as bad impressions as I think they could get. 
while still being passable as that character. So with all of these passable characters, barely passable characters, and all of the uh, all of the the fights that we saw tonight, was there uh, was there anyone that like stood out in your head that you were just like that was a great representation of what celebrity deathmatch is? Uh, oh, easily in sync and Backstreet Boys. Okay, the fact that but they have to be pulled. But back we're from we're, the we're gonna get we're gonna get back. We're we'll we'll get two Backstreet Boys and and in sync, but. With the with the exception of those two, <laughs> any anything that stood out to you is like this is a prime example of this this show. Oh, um, it's a hard one because there's so much weird stuff in this. There is. I I don't know that one stands out above the rest. I think uh, if anything, I would probably say the the Gallagher fight uh, probably would stand out just because it's. Um, actually, no, I'll, I'll take it back. I'll go for the Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton one. Okay. Uh, yes, because, that's right. Because that, that one, uh, they, they do spend a good amount of time throwing in the cultural zeitgeist things. Like there's a scene where, uh, where Paris like gets kind of tossed backwards against the ropes and her legs are both up and spread. And there's conveniently like one of the ropes, uh, blocking between yeah. her legs and, and, uh, uh somebody, <laughs> One of the announcers says something about that reminds me that I need to shave my car. Bald, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to shave my no, car. He, completely no, he says bald. Uh, that reminds me that I need to wax my car completely, completely bald. bald. That's what it was. Yeah. It, it's it, it. It really. I, I think that that's what makes this show so fun. Is if there is more information, and we are of course talking about the the paparazzi photo that was taken of Paris Hilton as she mm-hmm. was getting out of a car, uh, you know where she was exposed which yeah. not not a not a great thing to have but something obviously that is out there in sort of our our cultural understanding of Paris Hilton in that period where she she had fame and celebrity right. i guess she still does now i don't know you just really don't see very much from her no uh, but i i did notice like nicole richie is apparently doing far better in life now that she is separated from exactly <laughs> which not not a, not a terrible thing no so you know, really kind of, I think, pulling that information and, and obviously the more that that celebrity or that person has been in the spotlight, it gives them much more fuel to be able to to fan the flames for right. these matches, which is why the Stallone versus Schwarzenegger fight was sort of like that real key spot on perfect example of just how crazy. Yeah, for me, it that's there both obviously notable actors in in the action kind of adventure movie movie realm mm-hmm. they've been around and they've had successful careers for decades yeah and so between them you know there, there's a lot to pull from there's a lot of of movie catchphrases and everything that they can possibly put in but i love the fact that they built up the hype you know when when we're talking about wrestling and we're talking about theatrics and we're talking about you know uh how involved they're getting the fans. You know, they they build up this Stallone versus Schwarzenegger fight saying like, oh, Stallone's not here. If he doesn't show up, you know, not going to be able to to have this fight. And yeah. so they they bring on a house band for two seconds called Toxic Fox, which again, really had a, a, a fun guitar riff, but a, a crazy California Raisins vibe. Because yeah. they're just, they're all moving in unison and like syncing up and just kind of headbanging at the same time. That was the half-assed cheap animation piece for them to throw, yeah. to throw together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it, it filled in probably that like 30 to 60 seconds that they needed to round out and make it a full episode. Right. They're like, yeah, just put 
put Toxic Fox in. We've had those characters back there for a while. Don't worry. Because they, they have absolutely no relevance to the rest of the episode. And I don't think we probably ever see them in another episode again. Unless, they need, unless they're needed for, for uh, some type of a filler. But right. we, have, we have Arnold making comments about, you know, last action hero. He's like, you know, I guess, I guess Arnold truly is the last action hero. Yeah. And you're just like, okay. You know, at some point, they Sloan panned having Don- some trouble shedding those Copland pounds. <laughs> that, that was actually something that, for me, was really interesting. Because in that first episode, you know, we have Oprah versus Rosie O'Donnell. And we have two women who have been in the spotlight for years. And I, I, I will say this, and I don't think it's anything that's controversial. Like, they both have been very public about their weight mm-hmm. and about how sometimes, you know, it, it can fluctuate. Totally fine. They seem to make a lot of weight-obsessed comments in their match, which I was like, okay, that's fine. And then bringing up the stuff with, with Stallone about trying to shed like Copland pounds. I was like, uh, all right. I'm, I'm glad I don't, I didn't appreciate as, as a, as a fat kid, I don't love weight jokes and it's (laughs) low hanging fruit sometimes for, for people. It's, it's fine given whatever the controversy and sort of their, their public, discussion that they were having about stuff i mean i still love the fact that oprah like last year had that commercial where it's just like i love bread i love bread <laughs> i eat it every day and i it and, and and regardless of what your opinion is about oprah which i love her as a human being and a, and a celebrity i think she's i think she's fantastic that was that moment where i probably related to oprah more than i ever have before in my life i was like oh fuck i love bread too and so does oprah we're like one and the same we're basically the same person we're basically <laughs> the same person but i mean I, but like to see some of those come up every once in a while i was like oh, okay i mean i know that this is all exaggerations and, and parody and satire for this which i'm fine i love the fact that then they get into the movie franchises that they're referenced in the fight Stallone gets cut on the arm and then he like gunpowder and Rambo's it, yeah. which is, is super fun. We get Arnold, you know, becoming the Terminator at some point. And then probably my favorite moment has to be in this match with Mills Lane, where he's talking to Stallone's body has exploded at this point. Right. Thanks to a rocket that I guess commando style, Terminator style Arnold has shot at Stallone, who catches it with his bare hands and then blows up. He goes, oh, this is not safe. Why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah. But like, and I, I love, I, I'll be honest with you. I love bad Stallone impressions. That's also why I think this is my favorite, my favorite match out of all of this. Like when it was, hey, sorry, I'm late. The traffic was, the traffic was real bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, that makes me laugh for some reason. So stupid hard that I, I could, I could have watched Stallone just continue to do fights where he's like, Hey, what am, what am I doing right now? Is this the, is this the match thing? Oh, okay. I, I don't know why. It, it tickles me and delights me to no end. So we have this moment where Stallone has exploded and Mills Lane is talking to his feet with the bones sticking out. And he's like, are you okay, Stallone? Can you hear me? Are you all right to keep fighting? <laughs> and in that moment, that was the cool thing is that they, they bridged and they merged some of the action franchises where you have Stallone become a Terminator 1000, a yeah, T-1000, and then like sync back up with that liquid metal and yeah. they continue to have the fight. And like, that was fun. At some point, Don King is in there yeah. and his There's hair lights on fire. Yeah. Uh, they, do, they do a really good job of just kind of, you know, allowing those two celebrities with rich histories to kind of 
take the spotlight and have fun with with poking fun at them and and, and even to the point where stacy cornbread at the end is just like hey uh, oh arnold arnold just goes ow my back like <laughs> which One is bad to all my fans ow yeah, my back, my back. <laughs> and then we have stacy being like hey give my best to maria and i was like ooh given <laughs> Given more current news, I was like, "That that's a that's a stinger." Ouch. There's some of, there's some of these that I cringed a little bit and stuff that <laughs> happened that wound up happening later to go along with it. Uh, um, you know, just to see how some people will rise and some people fall. You know, <laughs> <sighs> but you're all the same inside of the claymation celebrity deathmatch. This is true. The great equalizer. Yeah, the great equalizer. Speaking of the great equalizer, let's get into this main event, this fandomonium match that. We have been talking about Backstreet Boys versus In Sync. Oh yes, Tony. What stood out for you as being crazy in this fight? Oh well, they they uh, uh, gave us. Um, <laughs> so I think my favorite is still the Voltron type uh, assembly of of, okay. uh, <laughs> of the Backstreet Boys. Of the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> Uh, Kevin Richardson, I think, is the one who's like the only one who's not now with them in their like new revived version. Uh, I happen to know that for a very stupid specific fact. For nobody's judging you, We're I all judging too. I, I I helped out with a with some friends that did a video for the YouTube series. And, oh, okay, uh, they actually got selected, and then that episode got scrapped uh, because of the sexual assault allegations against one of the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Uh, so they, they never, they never actually went aired on YouTube, which sucks, but at any rate, um, so if you want to go look that up, feel free to go do so. Look up party like it's, uh, <laughs> you can find the video. I filmed it. Uh, but at any rate, uh, so he, Kevin Richards the, the, who's the old guy in the group, uh, they like two of them their their jaws unhinge actually all four of them their jaws unhinge and they all uh like accept his arms and legs into their mouths and then they they become like these giant like uh scissor hands and scissor feet uh yeah. and, and then this helmet comes in and snaps on over his head like you know power rangers voltron whatever you want to see but it's just great to see those things like oh yeah that's in in Voltron, the two lions. It's their mouths that they're that they're like shoving this those other characters' limbs into in order to create them, and so that's that's how they do it. I, it's beautiful. It's it's horrendous and beautiful. It was it was the most uncomfortable but rewarding Voltron assembly that I've ever seen. <laughs> it is it, it's it's crazy. I mean, to give you some context. You know, when they when they start out this episode, they're talking about the fact that like the main title about for Fandemonium three is the Backstreet Boys versus Sync. To which Johnny Gomez has to remind Nick that uh they've died in past episodes. Both boy bands have are deceased in terms of the continuity of this show. So how is Nick going to deliver on this? Because he's been the one that's been tasked with doing this. And so Nick at some point sacrifices the number one fan for this show who was a a winner of the tour in gore and named nick uh cameraman yeah he throws him into a toilet which is a portal to hell at this point which i think this was probably the craziest thing for me is that in this moment the devil appears in the bathroom and Nick is like, hey, could I have some help with re- resurrecting these? And the devil's like, you know what? I actually feel like I owe you a favor because you've been sending all these people down to hell. 
that have died on Celebrity Deathmatch, I feel like, you know what? If you need this, I'll bring them back up and you can have them for the fight. And so, But you got to give me somebody in return. You got to give me somebody in return, which is why Nick Kramerman ends up getting thrown into hell into a toilet portal, uh, which allows both of these boy bands to come back. Yeah. So then they have this crazy... Now, leading up to the moments of this uncomfortable Voltron, we have all the Backstreet Boys take off their their shoes mm-hmm. to reveal that all of the the primping and all of the the cosmetics that have gone into them looking beautiful and and television and movie and and fame ready they have neglected to cut their toenails which are just like giant raptor talons at this point which then one of them puts on and dons kind of like a, a like a head helmet which they all bite and attach onto it and Instead spin of around it with their hands. They bite onto it with their mouths. <laughs> they bite onto it with their mouths and they form what's called the pinwheel of death, which like cuts up and scratches all the Backstreet Boys, which then has the Backstreet Boys turning into this Voltron robot. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. The end of this match. I mean, was it sat? Was it a satisfying fight for you knowing who the winner is? Uh, are are we not giving away for no? For, no, no for let's give it viewers? away. I mean, look, uh, it's been it's been out for like what twenty years now at this point. Like, if yeah. you're there's no spoilers of this. I mean, <laughs> just... I, I I did find it interesting that that so not all members of of both boy bands survive. Uh, all of Backstreet Boys winds up getting electrocuted and charred into these little corpses. They the Voltron thing falls apart and they just become a pile. I don't know how that falls apart. That's the, that was the interesting one to me. Um, they wind yeah, up I would getting, have liked that reverse sequence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they wind up getting electrocuted by uh, by a couple of the of the Insync uh, guys. Uh, uh, Joey Fatone from the Insync guys gets like his head smashed into a wall and like yeah. <laughs> like knocked off. But the rest of the Insync guys wind up surviving in the end of it, um, which I, I find interesting. Cause of all of all of them, he's actually done so so with his career since then. Like. <laughs> Nobody's done as well as Timberlake, but uh, but the, he out of the rest, he's he's the one that seems to be doing the best. Uh, yet he's killed off from it. So in retrospect, doesn't necessarily fit. But um, no, I it was satisfying enough. I don't know how you end that uh, in in any other way. At that point in time, I think NSYNC was the one that was still doing better. Obviously, they've done far better in the long run with the solo career. Um, uh, you know. Uh, uh, just far more popular artists in general. Uh, I still think at some point you may see them do like a full reunion. Uh, that would not surprise me. Yeah. I mean, as long as, as long as there's money and nostalgia that's yes. out there, we've seen that uh, people, nostalgia really kind of tends to be one of those things that gets people to open up their wallet. So right. I, I would a hundred percent, I would a hundred percent believe that Backstreet Boys and NSYNC would just go on tour together probably when they're in their fifties and then just try to like cash out as a big cash grab. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hey guys, let's not make that happen in, <laughs> in a couple of years. Let's, let's try hard to kind of just keep everything where it is right now. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily need that in my life. Let's get back to cartoons. <laughs> oh man. Well, we are now at the end of, of our title bout that we had for tonight. Mm-hmm. Any, any other comments that you have about celebrity Deathmatch, Tony? uh celebrity deathmatch um it's if you weren't steeped in pop culture at the time when this was was released uh i don't think you're gonna get the same punch out of it but if you knew what was going on in pop culture all this will stand out what is 
creepy, interesting, weird for me now is now reviewing these matches and then doing the kind of the follow up <laughs> exercise to see what happened to all these characters. I mean, the Don Vito one we barely even mentioned it with uh, showing up in the fight between Tony Hawk and and right. uh, and Bam Margera. Um, Don Vito, who was the character on Bam Margera's Viva La Bam, that was his his uncle. Um, I think it was uncle, but it shows yeah. up very regularly. Uh, has since actually passed away and had a very kind of sad end to, uh, to his life. And just to see kind of how he was depicted in the show, it colors it a little bit. Uh, and, and to know kind of where these characters and these people have, have actually ended up in their real lives. Uh, they make a joke with the Stallone and Schwarzenegger fight that studios couldn't afford to get them both in a movie together. And then they both end up in Expendables 2 <laughs> together. <Yeah>. Like, you <laughs> know. I forgot about that. And yeah. uh, not only that, in Expendables 1, uh, um, Stallone and Steve Stone Cold are both in that one too. So that's just, right. You know, so that there's that there's that tie together. So that, but just to see where these people have actually ended up, uh, it changes how you watch them. The Marv Albert things, you know, the the uh, just stuff that comes out in the in the future. And so it's interesting watching this stuff in that reverse lens. But if if you only had current pop culture to go by, uh, this show's not going to stick not going to sit particularly well you're not really going to understand a whole lot of what's going on i agree i agree but before we get your recommendation Mm -hmm. hey guess what (laughs) you listening right now yeah oh my god do you have opinions and you love to put them on the internet and so we're going to honor that fact by now handing this over to longtime listener and friend of the show bobby anthem for this week's love it or hate it bobby Take it away. Yeah, Bobby. This week's Love It was written by Some Dude TMB on April 17th, 2003. The post is titled, If you want to see celebrities die in a comical way, this is for you. And it says, Celebrity deathmatch is what you could call like professional wrestling, but with a whole lot more blood, decapitations, and laughs, with the same thrill of wanting to know who would reign victor in the ring. With over 300 episodes, many of your favorite and lesser-known celebrities end up on their claymated deathbed. This claymation is really a must-see. It's really entertaining to see two celebrities I do not like beat themselves with weapons and their own fists, and occasionally both dying in the ring. Even though it's disappointing to see the better celebrity get killed, I still watch this for the fun of it. And our hate it comes from the Simple Man 89, who in a post on March 3rd, 2007 titled New Celebrity Deathmatch Sucks said, The new celebrity deathmatch is terrible. They kill off the popular people and make the low budget celebs win. I mean, Andy Milanakis, Lil Flip, Lil Flip and Lil Wayne should have both died. Lil Flip sucks. The fight between Lil Jon and Lil Bow Wow and Lil Flip was mad corny and short. They should have just killed off all of them. Why did Toby lose to Jake and Christian lose to Adam? They are better actors and superheroes. They also spend too much time on talking rather than fighting, which can bore the viewers. Everything seems rushed for some reason. They can't just make a long fight. The old death match is way better. Three out of ten. I I kind of want Bobby to be a Mills Lane 
for the the wrestling match that I want to create, like the celebrity oh, death yeah. match that I want. I want Bobby Anthem to replace the the Mills Lane character. I could 100% see that. And I already know that Bobby loves wrestling. So this isn't like a far cry for him to get involved in it. Are there any listeners out there who know Claymation? If you would <laughs> if you would like to clay Claymation, I don't know, would you claymate something for for yeah, us yeah, to yeah. uh to to voice um, I would be happy to be the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin character to there we go. Uh, Sean and Dave's of uh, uh, you know uh, Johnny Gomez and and Nick Diamond. Um, I'm sure we could probably get Mel to be our Stacy Corbett, <laughs> 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 and uh, and and then we can we can put some characters in the ring and uh, and definitely have Bobby be the the uh, Mills Lane for it. it. It goes along the lines with our target of uh, our 2018. Uh, campaign of get bobby anthem animated so we were always we are always pushing for that yes but tony i want to check and see it's time for our recommendations first you can recommend this or you cannot recommend this and if you mm-hmm. don't recommend it do you want to give it the dip from roger rabbit which erases it from the annals of cartoon history forever until we at least figure out a device to be able to allow people to vote and bring them back from the dead Oh hell no! I recommend this. I, I ah. think this is this is definitely worth watching. Uh, luckily, a good amount of it seems to be available on Daily Motion. Um, <laughs> some of it is also the 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 revived version is actually available. I think through iTunes and and um, uh, uh, through Amazon Prime, so you can still get some of that stuff. And I would say the later stuff is the, are the things that are better quality than the original ones. But yeah, especially if you have that that anchor in pop culture from that day, uh, I think it's still entertaining to watch. Uh, and if anything, it's a nice walk down memory lane of, oh, I wonder whatever happened to that person that was right. a big star in, in 1999 that I don't remember seeing in the past two decades, you know. Uh, so, uh, so no, I, I recommend it. I think it's it's worthwhile viewing for uh, for those that know what they're watching. Great. How about you? I, I'm going to recommend this as well. I, I think that you you hit it spot on. If this was something that you had watched or that you you grew up with MTV during this this point in time. Uh, you know, if you have a decent interest in in celebrity and and sort of you know uh, who was popular or what was happening in the zeitgeist at that time, this show is still interesting. And like you said, there are these little nuggets that kind of make you want to go and explore where that person has gone after you know fifteen twenty years uh, from this show originally airing. And that mm-hmm. that's kind of fun to see sort of where everybody is. It's like a weird high school reunion with people that you don't know. And you're like, I, you know what? I don't want to measure myself against them. And I, I don't honestly care. But it's still kind of kind of crazy to see this. Is that really a weird high school reunion or is that just a high school reunion? I think it's just a high school reunion. <laughs> I, yeah, right? But it, it's, I, I think this is fun. I, I, I actually would say that I would put this on probably more often. I found that this could be – I watched a couple of the episodes uh, – and I just had them on sometimes like in the background. Like I would just yeah. let Daily Motion run. And this is kind of a fun show. Like like kind of wrestling. You don't always have to pay attention 100% of the time. There can be moments where you sort of snap in and then you snap back out depending on what you're doing. This this could be a show that I use as like white noise or background music whenever I'm yeah. working like during the day. <laughs> just to kind of see what what characters they're, they're bringing in. Because the movie... To have three fights in every episode, or at least two fights in every episode, there's a lot going on, and they 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 go through it relatively quickly, and that that was fun for me. Is that they didn't really seem to dwell too much 
on anything particular. They had really bad, sappy puns and jokes every once in a while, but that was fine, you know, because they never hovered on it for too long. I don't think they ever took themselves too seriously, which is kind of how I feel about this show. Like, I'd recommend it. I wouldn't give it like a serious, like, go out and watch it right now. But if this is something that you remember, definitely go back and check it out. I I think it still kind of holds up. Uh, It's still fun to kind of see some of these things, like the Beavis and Butthead episode. That stuff's great. So recommend yeah. for me. Nice. Yeah. Great. So two two thumbs up. Yeah. Hey, Cody, you made a great recommendation. Well done. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't even that much of a recommendation. It was more of a question. Does this yeah. actually meet the qualifications? <laughs> and you know what? It does. And it gets recommended. <laughs> yes. So if you're not sure if it makes, meets the qualifications, submit it and do it in the same way that Cody did. And it will probably get the two thumbs up. That's a complete lie. I, I don't know what Dave thinks of this. He, he could be he could be completely against this one. But uh, you know what? He's not here. So uh, so we get to have fun with it. Uh, well, I want to thank you, Tony, so much for coming on the show today, uh, for talking about everything. Um, My pleasure. Always great to have you on here, buddy. Always good to talk to you. Where... Uh, where can the people find you and anything that you have coming up that you'd like to let everybody know about? Yeah. So a couple things. Uh, so uh, I'm crowded elevator, uh, writer, director, editor, all that wonderful stuff, uh, working with, with Sean and, and a bunch of wonderful people in, in the DC area. Uh, you can find out, you can find our stuff at crowdedelevatorpictures.com. Got a bunch of uh, uh, cool videos up there. Uh, also, I recently started classes at the Second City Film School, uh, the Harold Ramis Film School up here in Chicago. Uh, and so, um, one of the things I started to go along with that is a podcast. Uh, that podcast is called the film student podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, uh, uh Spotify, all, all the wonderful spots. Uh, many of the same places you get Saturday morning cartoons. You can probably <laughs> find mine. Uh, you can also find us at filmstudentpod.com on Twitter and Instagram at filmstudentpod. I would definitely say that I, I am a fan myself of film student pod, especially uh-huh. I want to. I thank you for the for the shout out that we get in episode one. It was <laughs> you get really a couple awesome of them to kind of see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of always funny to see about uh, people who are are in film, who are are working, um, just sort of what their their creative influences were. And guess what, guys? A lot of it goes back to cartoons that people have watched when they were oh, yeah. younger. So it's it's bananas. Cartoons come up. That's a that's a through storyline that shows up yeah. quite a bit. So that's that's why we're here as a podcast. Yep. So, hey guys, you've heard Bobby Anthem twice on this show. If you're interested in what Bobby Anthem is up to, you can hear him on a paranormal podcast called the Inhuman Experience Podcast. You can find them on Twitter at IEXP underscore podcast, and they're available on Spreaker and SoundCloud. He's also the occasional third wheel and co-host on the THT Movie Review Podcast, which broadcasts every Saturday night at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Mixler. And guys, you can find Bobby Anthem on Twitter at Bobby Anthem. Send him a message. Show him some love. He is the absolute best. As for me, guys, I perform live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that's called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. You can find tickets and times with dc.org. And I'm always on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul Ellis. If you're looking for Dave, you can find him on Twitter at DrClawMD. You can also find his writings on Nerdist.com, Collider.com, and DaveTrumbor.com. As for this show, if you'd be so kind and you want to support the show, you can head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. Chip in and support the show. 
everyone, we greatly appreciate it. And just remember, Saturday morning, that's morning with you. Head over to our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. You can check out our Twitter, at MorningTunes. You can see all the weird memes that I post on Instagram, at SaturdayMorningCartoons on IG. Keep the conversation going on Facebook, Facebook.com slash SaturdayMorningCartoons. And you can listen each and every week to SMC on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and now Spotify, wherever fine podcasts are sold. If you want to suggest a cartoon like Cody or anybody else from this month, you can email us at SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. Tony, that is it for Listener Appreciation Month. Woohoo! We did it. We, we got all the way through. That. We appreciate that. Thank you, and- listeners, for, uh, for pitching in. Uh, this has been one hell of a fun month to both listen to <laughs> and be a part of. So thank you, Sean, for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you, Tony, so much for being here. And guys, we'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.